Section 4 of Stories of the Scottish Border. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Stories of the Scottish Border by Mr. and Mrs. William Platt. Chapter 1 Bamborough and its Coast. The little town of Bamborough has two striking features, the great castle upon its stern rock and the wild coastline at its feet, where dash the storms of the North Sea. Today it is not important enough to have a railway station of its own, yet once it was the capital of the great Saxon kingdom of Northumbria. Its original name was Bebumbra, so called after Queen Beba. Of its Saxon fortress, hardly a trace remains, the present building being partly the old Norman castle, with repairs and additions of a later date. The ancient pile has a strength, dignity and grandeur, which accords well with its truly noble situation. The North Saxons, in choosing such a spot for their capital, showed a very evident desire to keep in touch with the sea. Over the sea they had come, and over the sea would come both friends and enemies. Many a meeting of both friend and foe has taken place at Bamborough. Perhaps the fiercest of the enemies was Ragnar of the Hairy Breeches, a famous Viking who plundered, ravaged and burnt without mercy. These Vikings, powerful men and fearless sea rovers, were a standing terror to Northumbria. Men with frames and muscles strong as iron, at home both on the sea and on the battlefield. Fair-haired, blue-eyed men, guarded by helmet, breastplate and shield, armed with heavy weapons, because at that date the art of the smith was not equal to making them sharp, light and strong at once. So these mighty warriors hewed their way through the field of battle with great strokes, and when their foes fled in terror, the Vikings took back to their ships all the treasure they could find, and away they went across the sea again. But with all their fierceness they loved poetry, wild war poetry most of it, and they loved their strong, brave women. Ragnar was a thorough Viking. He loved fighting, and his handsome wife, and the battle songs he made. But the Saxons had no cause to love him, and when his ship ran aground near Jarrow, they bound him and cast him into a pit of snakes, and watched him slowly die. The Viking had no fear of death. He sang as he lay there of his life and his deeds, of the great banquets he had given to the wolves and the vultures, and the fierce battles he had won, spreading the terrors of his name from the Orkneys to the Mediterranean, of his beautiful wife and strong sons, and of how they would avenge him, and of how Woden, the lord of all warriors, was calling him to his hall. Many a battle has been fought on that wild coast since Ragnar died. Much history has been made thereabouts, and many legends have attached themselves to Bamborough. Like most famous places, it had its own special dragon, the Laidly Worm, or Loathsome Serpent of the ancient ballad. 
for seven miles east and seven miles west, and seven miles north and south, no blade of grass or corn would grow, so venomous was her mouth. And yet, when the gallant knight gave her kisses three, she changed at once into a beautiful lady. But despite its castles, its battles and its legends, Bamborough slowly declined in importance. As the capital of Northumbria, it had been one of the chief towns in England, but the gallant Northumbria of the Saxons was more open to enemies than any other part of the country. Cumbrians were on the west and Scots on the north, and this was of all Saxon kingdoms the most exposed to the ravages of the Danes. From the capital of a kingdom it became the capital of a county, Bamburghshire, returning two members to Parliament in the reign of Edward I. But it grew of less and still less importance, till at last it was known only to the student of history. It shared this fate with Lindisfarne, called Holy Island, once the Canterbury of the North, on whose rocky shores still stand the ruins of the fine Norman cathedral, which took the place of the old Saxon one. Lindisfarne and Bamborough, neighbours divided only by a narrow belt of sea, two names that conjure up vivid pictures of romantic history. Yet suddenly, early in the 19th century, the great deed of a splendid heroine lent new glory to the wild sea-girt town. Grace Darling was born at Bamborough in 1817, in a cottage on the south side of the village street, which can still be seen today. Her father became keeper of the lighthouse on the Langstone, a rocky islet five miles from the coast, guarding ships from the dangerous Farne Islands, a group of iron-bound rocks where seabirds dwell. In the early morning of September the 7th, 1838, during the raging of a most terrible storm, she heard the crash of a ship dashed upon the rocks and anguished cries. As soon as dawn enabled them to see, the girl and her father made out the dark outline of the wreck and the miserable forms of the mariners crouching on rocks from which the rising tide would sweep them inevitably to death. With superb heroism, Grace and her father pushed their small boat into the furious waters, and after strenuous and dauntless efforts, always at the peril of their own lives, they saved the whole ship's company, nine souls in all. So fierce was the storm that it was three days before a boat dared take them from the Langstone to the mainland. The roar of approbation which greeted her from the whole country found her as modest as she was brave. But for all her courage, this noble girl was not strong. She died four years later, and lies buried at Bamborough within sound of the sea. And the Langstone is known today as Grace Darling's Island, and the tomb of the brave girl rouses sweeter memories than the frowning fortress of Bamborough. End of section four of Stories of the Scottish Border. Chapter one, Bamborough and its coast.